What is up and welcome back after a long last, long last. Trust me, it's, it's pained me as much as it's pained you, my six or seven loyal, rabid fans that have just been beating themselves with anticipation for the next release of an episode of this show. Um, this is Think Like Me or Don't. My name is Brett Martineau, and this is, I, man, I totally screwed up that intro. Let me try that again. <clears throat> What's up and welcome back. My name is Brett Martineau, and this is Think Like Me or Don't. Back from the dead with some philosophizing edition. I actually wanted to take two minutes and just kind of explain the premise of this show, um, which is that there isn't one. <laughs> Not really. Um, but mostly, it, I, think, I think I take for granted the title, Think Like Me or Don't. And just think, oh, people understand what that means. I like what I mean by it. It's pretty obvious what it means, but... Um, it occurred to me a long time ago that I have fairly strong philosophical opinions about the way the world works. And then not too long after I discovered that, I discovered that I did not think the same as everyone else. <laughs> it's kind of funny, actually, how, that, how it tracked that way. You realize you have strong opinions, and then suddenly you realize, oh, but not everybody has the same strong opinions. But I actually, at first, it, you know, there was a, there was a, peri- there was a period of trying to convert others to my way of thinking. And then I realized that that doesn't work. And it's actually not that much fun either because then you get people to think like you and then and then what? You know. It's actually I find I have found over time that it's more fun to deal with people that disagree. You know what I mean? To really to let your your uh your focus and your energy be talking to people and dealing with people that think differently. And so, um, but, but the thing that I had the hardest time sort of like justifying was, yeah, but, but I still have thoughts. (laughs) So, and I still think I'm right, you know, at least for me. And so this sort of was born out of the idea that like, I'm just going to tell you what I think. And if you like it, cool. And if you don't, let's have a conversation, you know, now I, I will be the first to admit that, um, this particular effort hasn't really produced a whole lot of those conversations, but it's all right. Because it's sort of cathartic for me just to get the thoughts out, you know what I mean, and to lay it down in a particular way. And also, some of you that, that know me know that I have a, a weird obsession with my own voice. Um, some people call it um, narcissism. <laughs> I just call it healthy self-love. Anyway, I like I like listening to it back. Actually, it's, it's fun. I make jokes about it. It's less that I think that, it's less that I think that I'm anything special and more that I like listening to myself as an objective third party because that's how I that's how I figure out if I if I actually agree with myself because I'm good at like just talking off the cuff. It's a skill that I learned as a as a young boy when I was um, learning piano. I realized that if I could just figure out how to sight read, then I could do things quickly and I wouldn't have to do all the work. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that the work is what is what validates and proves the end result. And so it's just kind of like my process, right? I'm good at just coming up with things and talking. Sometimes I have to just talk it out and then listen to it back and be like, you know, I don't actually agree with that. <laughs> so so just understand, I think this is the true irony of this show, is that when I say think like me or don't, I'm actually talking to me too, right? Because I'm actually going to listen to this back 
right after I, right before I upload it, and then again while it's uploaded, and then probably six or seven more times to see whether I actually agree. So that, if nothing else, that might be an interesting thing for you to track is my own, uh, my own journey of, of believing in my own stuff. And by the way, I, I'm I'm I, th- I I think my headphones are just overly sensitive right now, like I'm picking up a ton of stuff. But if I bang this arm that the microphone's on, I apologize. I, I, I hope that I can make things perfect, but, you know. Also, last little disclaimer, uh, this show has in the past been and will, I think, in the future also continue to be uh, a audiovisual extravaganza slash experience. But I realized today that, like, I think I think the thing that's held me back from recording for the longest time is that I was trying too hard to make a production out of it. And so I was like, well, let me just record some audio and just get that out. So it'll get the juices flowing again. So that's why we're here. So we can talk through it. And what I wanted to talk about today is a th- it's a very raw idea that I that I it came across me. Um, well, it's 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 raw in its in its in the framework, in the, the way that I'm presenting it. The idea is very solid, but it's some some of you that that know none of you. I don't think any of you that listen to this will have heard me say this before. But I I don't think in words. I think in like shapes and feelings and like colors, and so this has always been very clear to me in that thought language, but never like I've never been able to put it down into words. So, I I, I tried a couple of about a week and a half ago. I tried I sat Sue down, and I was like, let me let me try this on you and tell me if you understand. <laughs> she did not enjoy that experience at all, as I'm sure you could understand. Uh, being sat down and <laughs> having somebody try out their philosophies on you. But anyway, now you guys are the people that I'm sitting down and trying my philosophies on. So, so check this out. So the idea, this this stems from an observation about the world, which is that there's a general feeling of need to be involved in everything, right? There's like um, something happens, and and we're all triggered in one way or the, or another about everything if that makes sense. So so it's not even so much that we um that we like feel the need to to take sides or it's not it has nothing to do with like our particular stance on political issues or anything else. It's mo- more just that we all sort of succumb to this need to like like look at everything. Right? Somebody said something, well, I got to do something about it. Like I have, I have to form an opinion, I have to do something or you know, there's this thing happening in this other country. I got to, like, do something about it, right? And um, I realized about myself a long time ago that I um, I find myself getting much more satisfaction out of life and, out of, and actually making progress in the things that I want to make progress in by ignoring most of what's happening in the world, okay? Now, I want to say right here, huge, huge asterisk, okay? Because there's going to be some of you that are going to hear this and are going to go, well, this guy's just, he just likes to bury his head in the sand, right? So there's real social issues that we need to be involved in, but this guy's just advocating, well, just only deal, like, just don't, right? Just only do your do your, th- your thing and don't worry about other people. And it's complicated because that is what I'm saying, but it's also not what I'm saying, right? Um, so now after i've given you all the context and you have no idea what i'm even talking about let me get into my this thought this philosophy but just know that like 
it's more nuanced than just I'm telling people to ignore social issues. But I am telling people to ignore social issues. Okay, so those of you that can't accept that there's nuance to life are going to freak out and not want to listen to this anymore. And those of you that can, will listen on. Those of you that are just intrigued, will just listen. So great. So here's the idea. Um, in fact, I'll, I'm going to try out telling this as a story. This is the way I tried it on Sue, and I don't think it really clicked, but I, I still have this feeling that it will. <laughs> so we're going to try it again, okay? So there's this guy, and his name is John, okay? And John works inside of a uh, box, all right? For all intents and purposes, it's just a box. And um, the box has, he, he goes into the box every day, and the box has an opening on the top, and it has an opening on the side, and then there's a table, Right. He has a bunch of tools, and he can build things, and he can do stuff. But essentially, there's a, it's just this box that he works inside of. And, and again, this isn't like a confinement, um, child labor, uh, work conditions type situation. The box is plenty spacious for him. Consider it like a warehouse. right? But there's this hole on the top, and there's a hole on the side, uh, on one of the walls. Okay. Now, essentially what happens is, when he goes inside the box, there's just things. There's shapes that sort of swirl around outside the box. And some of them come through the hole in the top of the box. And then essentially his job is to just do stuff with those shapes that come in the, in the door, all right? They come in the top, and he, he works on the shapes, and he, he manipulates them, and he adds things to them, and he, you know, maybe he paints some of them. Maybe it doesn't, what he does to them doesn't really matter. The point is he, he as things come into the top of the, of the box, he takes them over to his workstation, and he has all of his tools, and he deals with them as they come in, um, and then you know that's that's his process. Now, at first, he doesn't realize that the the hole. You remember I said there was a hole in the in one of the walls as well. He doesn't really realize that the hole on the side of the wall is like the output, right? So he he essentially like these things come in, these shapes come in, squares and circles and triangles and cubes and you know other geometrical shapes that I don't remember from elementary school math <laughs> geometry or whatever it is um so he just the, he just sort of stacks them inside the box and that's fine because the box like is infinitely expandable it's dynamic so it's not like he's ever going to get like crowded but he does he notices over the course of several years that the box is like full of stuff you know what i mean and it's just sort of strewn here and there and um, he doesn't really have like like a system for keeping it organized. It's just like okay, well I've dealt with this square as best I can, so I'm gonna throw it over here. And then this sphere comes in, and he maybe he paints it so it looks like the globe. Great. So he puts it over in this other corner, and, and he just has stuff everywhere. Okay. Well, then one day he notices the hole on the side of one of the walls, and he goes, "I wonder what this thing is for." So he goes over to it, and and there's a little plaque on it, and it says, uh, "This is the exit hole." And you can put anything you want into this, and then you don't have to worry about it because it's now no longer inside the box, right? Essentially, I'm paraphrasing because I'm making this up as we go, right? So he's like, oh, cool. So I could like take all this stuff that I don't really need or want, and I could put it in, in this hole, uh, and, and essentially I'm, I'm, I'm cleaning it out of my box, right? So he starts doing that, okay? So he starts moving stuff over to put it inside the box, or sorry, to, to, to essentially to eject it out of the box um, so that he can make some more room. And as he does that, he notices that, like, as, as he starts to clean things up, the box gets a little bit uh, smaller, right? So it's not so expansive and, like, he's got 
because it, it's make it's adjusting for the size of the stuff that's inside of it, right? So as he starts moving stuff over, he's like, oh, this is really cool. So I can deal with stuff, but then I can just sort of let it go, right? So I can stuff can come in, and then I can manipulate it, or I can paint it, or I can look at it, or whatever, and then I can just stick it in this hole. And by the way, I know <laughs> I'm a little bit stuck in this metaphor, so I apologize for the 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 implicit sexual undertones for this whole situation, the whole whole situation, right? Just try and rise above as much as you can. <laughs> I'm having a hard time in my own head as I'm talking through this, so I'm going to do my best to try and try and word it a certain like so that it's not quite so evocative, so to speak. Anyway, so he so as he starts to 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 sort of get rid of stuff, we'll call it that. He starts to get rid of stuff. Um, he notices that like the pile of things that are coming in the the top hole like the opening on the, on the ceiling is it's starting to pile up. And so this is while he's while he's getting rid of stuff, he notices that oh well now I've got all this other this new stuff that's coming in. And so he he's like okay, so I got to I got to keep myself organized. I got to do I'll I'll handle something and then I'll move some stuff and then I'll handle something and then I'll move some stuff. So essentially, he gets into this sort of um, rhythm of as things come in the entrance which is on the, the ceiling he handles them and then he moves them to his pile of things and then as he moves something to the pile of things then he takes something that's there and he he gets rid of it right so he's now he's got this rhythm where something comes in he deals with it and then something that he already dealt with he gets rid of but then he starts to realize that he doesn't because of the the sort of nature of that way of doing it he doesn't really have time to make decisions about what he's getting rid of because there's just there's there's a steady stream of things coming in. He has no control over that, or he doesn't think he has control over that. Steady stream of things coming in, and he doesn't, like every time something new comes in, he's got to figure out how to deal with it. And every once in a while, he'll see something that he's come across before, but like, you know, the first time, there's a lot of first times, right? Because he'll, he'll see something that looks familiar. Maybe it's a triangle, but it's a different shape. It's a hypotenuse instead of a right triangle. Check that out. That's me remembering from the old school days. Or maybe it's a, maybe it's an oblong sphere, right? Or it's a cylinder instead of a circle, and so it's similar. But he kind of he feels like he has to re reinvent the wheel to deal with the thing every time because he doesn't have his, his system. Essentially, is something comes in, I got to deal with that thing, whatever, however long that takes. As soon as I'm done dealing with that thing, then I got to go get rid of something else. But there's it just he just feels like there's inefficiencies, and the biggest thing is he realizes that he's getting rid of things without thinking about what he's getting rid of. He's just like, well, I got to pick up something and get rid of it because I got to, I, I, I want to keep my box organized. I want to keep it at least a, a set. I don't want to have to deal with all the things. So I don't want my box to get so big that I, I'll never be able to get through all the stuff that I've got in it. But he does want to, you know, start working his way through things. So he's like, okay, how, how am I going to deal with this? And as he's going, he sort of gets into the uh, into a rhythm and he starts, um, he starts paying attention to similarities in the things that are coming in through the opening, right? So he starts to notice, hey, you know, circles are kind of like cylinders, and squares are kind of like cubes, and they're actually also kind of like rectangles. So let me do this. I'm, gonna, I'm basically going to break, break everything that comes in down into three categories. There's stuff that's square-ish, there's stuff that's round-ish, and there's stuff that's triangular, all right? And obviously there's other things that are coming in, but he basically breaks things down into those three categories. And he thinks, you know what? What I'm going to do is uh, for everything that's square-ish, I'm going to write the letter B on it, right? 
and that's just that's what he's going to do with it. That's how he's going to deal with it. It's square-ish, so it's a rectangle or cube or a square, right? He's just going to write the letter B on it, and then then that be, that's what he's doing with it. And if it's circular, he's going to paint it blue. And then if it's triangular, um, he's going to, I don't know, I'm making this up. He's going to draw racing stripes on it, right? Something. So now he's got a, a bit of a system. As things are coming in, he knows, okay, this is a, like square-ish. This is circular. This is triangular. So I know kind of what I'm going to do. What that allows him to do, because he's created a system for dealing with things that come in, is that allows him to process the incoming faster than he's processing the outgoing. And, what, and that basically gives him a little bit of a lead. So now he can spend the time he was spending dealing with every new thing that came in, deciding what he wants to get rid of. Right, So he's using part of that energy actually getting rid of stuff, and then he's using part of that energy sorting through the things that are in his box to identify, here's the stuff that I actually want, here's the stuff that I can get rid of. Right, So he's sort of, he's sort of developed a, a very rudimentary mechanism for keeping stuff that he wants and getting rid of stuff that he doesn't want, and also handling new stuff as it comes in. Right, So this is good, this is great. Um, but after a while, he starts to notice that he's got a, a kind of a buildup of things that are shaped like stars and things that are shaped like hexagons, right, that don't really fit into any of his categories. He doesn't really have a, a, a mechanism or a way of handling those things. And so for the time being, he just was setting those aside so he could deal with the stuff that he knew about. And so he realizes, um, I, don't, I don't have a way really of dealing with these things. I wonder, I wonder what would happen if I just didn't process them. What if I just... What if I just made the decision now, anything that doesn't fit into one of my three categories, I'm just going to send straight from the opening to the, the exit, the output. I'm just going to get rid of it right away. And, of course, it works because there's no, there's no rules. He's in complete control of the box. So now he's, so he's like, oh, this is great. So now I know that I don't have to deal with anything that doesn't fit into the categories of things that I've already identified that I know how to deal with, or at least that I know how I'm going to deal with. I can get rid of everything else, and then that frees up my energy to deal with the stuff that's already here. So I can start going through, and it takes time, obviously, because I don't have unlimited energy, and there's stuff that's still coming in the door. But at least I know that if something comes in that doesn't fit in the categories, I can just get rid of it right away. And if something comes in that is part of the categories, I know that I'm spending less time on those things because I've already come up with a mechanism for those. And then I can spend my remaining energy, my remaining time, sorting through the stuff that's already here to identify the things that I want to keep and get rid of the things that I don't want, all right? So he's actually feeling pretty good about himself, right? Um, because he feels like he's in a rhythm. He feels like he's, he's in a good spot. But then he realizes that um, he has no real control over the volume of stuff that's coming in through the opening. So some, some days, as he goes to work, he, it, everything works great. And he knows, hey, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up, I'm going to get rid of stuff that I don't know what to do with, I'm going to do the things that I know what to do with, with the things I know what to do with, and then I'm going to sort through the stuff that I already have here. But like on a Monday, for example, maybe the volume of items that come in the box per minute is like 60, and on a Tuesday, it's like 120, right? And he's very fast, so he can handle things that, are, that come through that fast, but he has, he's like, ah, there's, there's got to be some way for me to control the input, Right, control the number of things that are swirling around outside that make their way into my box. Right, some some there's got to be some way for me just to shut out and like he thinks if if I just could could limit and restrict the amount of stuff that gets in, 
then I'd be able to handle stuff with more precision and with more uh, with more predictability, because I just I would always know that I'm going to get you know within a margin of error this amount of things in per day that'll actually help me to organize my day so that I can get through more stuff and I can actually sort through the things that are still here. All right. So he he goes over uh, and he gets on his ladder and he goes up to the opening on the top and there's a little a little inscription there. And it says, um, this is your box, and you are in control over the shape and size of the opening. And he goes, oh, man, I wish I'd known this before. Because now, basically, I can just I can set the, the size of the opening so I know that only one thing can come through at a time. Because part of the reason why things would come through at 60, 60 things per minute or 120 things per minute is because the hole was so big, the opening was so big, that multiple things could come through at once. So what he does is he, 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 he manipulates the opening and he, he makes it smaller. And it's just this sort of round opening. And, uh, and he's like, oh, great. So now I've restricted the, amount of the, the, the number of things that can come in at once. So that's really going to reduce the amount of stuff that I have to deal with because I'll just be dealing with one thing at a time. Right? Now he realizes over time, he does this and things are great. And he's starting to get through his pile of things that are already in his, uh, in his box. But he starts to realize that not everything that's outside that's swirling around is the same size. So he's still having situations where like really small circles, two or three of those will come in at the same time. But big, big circles that he knows how to deal with won't come in at all. Right? Because they're bigger than the hole. So he's like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. Because I, I do have more predictability, but I don't really have ultimate predictability. And he also realizes that you know, squares that are the same shape as this opening don't fit because there's no because the square is it, it doesn't fit through the opening now squares that are smaller than the circle obviously do and he knows how to deal with those so he lets those ones in and everything's you know honky and dory and everything's great um so the next thing that he does is he's like you know what i know how to deal with squares and i know how to deal with triangles and i know how to deal with circles and in theory i know how to deal with any shape any size of those three things so what i'm going to do is go up to the to the ceiling and i'm going to see if there's a way for me to uh, manipulate it so that it can detect the shape and the size of the incoming things and then let those things in uh, based on based on the... Well, he starts out with just size. He's like, well, you know what? Let me just look at the size of the thing and if it's bigger, then let me make the opening a little bit bigger still so that one thing comes through at a time but the shape may not match perfectly, right? So there's a little button on the ceiling and he pushes the button and it basically now the ceiling will expand or contract based on the size of the thing that's about to come in but it'll only let one thing in at a time. He's like, this is great. Now I know for sure if it's big or small, it's only one thing that's going to come through at a time, which is which he's, he's super excited about. So he keeps going, and he's making a lot of progress. But then he starts to realize that he's he kind of has the... He's still dealing with objects that aren't part of his one of his three categories because stuff is still coming through because the, the hole in the ceiling is now starting to change shape. So he might get a circle and then a triangle and then a star. So he knows what to do with the circle and a triangle, but the star, he hasn't really made up made a, a system to deal with it yet. So he, he, he's still just getting rid of the star, which saves him some time. But he's like, I really wish there was a way for me to restrict and know that pretty much all the time uh, this is going gonna to work the way that I want it to. Okay. So the next thing he does is he goes up and he realizes he can actually create as many openings in the ceiling of the box as he wants to. And he can change the shape. So he basically he, he creates uh, three openings. One of them is a circle. One of them is a triangle. One of them is a square. And then he sets the programming again to be very dynamic. So it, note, it notices if it's a square that's coming in, then the opening rotates so that it's a square and it lets the square in, and it adjusts the size. And if it's triangle, right, 
and then if it's circle. Um, and so now he now about 95% of the time he's got the same he's, he's got one of his three things that's coming through he knows how to deal with it and then he's just dealing with the stuff that's already in the box okay well then and we're getting to a point here so and we're almost done with the metaphor so just stick with me then what happens is he realizes that um, he's getting kind of bored right so early early on he was like I need space to be able to deal with the things that are in front of me and after a while, he's like, man, all I'm dealing with is circles and squares and triangles. And I've basically organized my box. I have the stuff that I want, and I'm getting rid of the stuff that I don't want. And now I'm literally just like bringing in circles and painting them blue, and then there's no room for them. So I'm throwing them away. He's <laughs> like, so how am I going to deal with this? But he, he remembers from before. He doesn't want to just open up the ceiling again because then he'll be back in the same situation he was in before. So what he does is he goes up. And he he uh, he changes the um, the uh, the ceiling parameters back so that it only accounts for size, but it only lets one thing in at a time. But what he what he notices because as he was thinking, he got bored. He started thinking, I wonder if there was a way for me to shut down, like close the ceiling altogether for a period of time. Because he's like, in theory, if I was able to let something in and then close the ceiling, then I would have essentially infinite time to deal with that thing exactly how I want to, and then I could open up the ceiling when I'm done. He's like, this is, this is going to be great. So, so he, puts a, uh, he puts a thing in place, and he's, he's thinking a little bit dynamically about it. He's like, look, I, I know how to deal with squares, and I know how to deal with circles, and I know how to deal with triangles. So if any of those things come through, you're going to let basically ceiling, you're going to let anything in, only one thing at a time. But if you... Um, if you <laughs> I got like triple interruptions just now, <laughs> which is a sign that I need to wrap up this metaphor. Um, if you, once something comes through, if it's not, if it's square or a circle or a triangle, let it through, all good. And then you can let the next thing through because I know how to deal with those things. But if something comes through that's none of those things, right, then I want you to close the ceiling until I tell you to, to open back up again. So now he's in a situation where as things come through, he is able to, deal with the things that he knows how to deal with quickly and efficiently. He's given himself time to be able to deal with the stuff that he already has inside of his box. And he's created a mechanism so that when something new comes into the box, when something new approaches the box, he, he automatically gives himself time and space to deal with it. Right? What am I going to do with this new thing? Right? Maybe it's a, maybe it's shaped like a starfish, right? It's like a, it's like a star, but it's also like fleshy and it moves. So what am I going to do with this thing? Um, and so he closes off the ceiling and he doesn't do anything except deal with that one thing until he's done dealing with it. And then at that point he has the decision to make, do I care about these things in the future? Um, do I want to deal with these things in the future? Cause you know, I can get rid of this one and I could look at, maybe I'll, maybe I'll get rid of the first one and then wait for the next one to come through to see if it's the same. Or maybe I'll just tell the ceiling, Hey, you know what? Um, don't let shapes that are this, don't let shapes like this in. Because he can do that with the ceiling, because he's in control. And what he realizes over time, and this is really the point that I'm getting at, is that he's in complete control of the box. He's in, a, he's 100% in control of the shape of the opening on the ceiling, over what he lets into his box. He's in complete control of the mechanisms within the box that control how he deals with the things that get into the box. And he's, and the thing that really blew his mind is he's in complete control of the the garbage chute. He's in complete control of the exit. He can get rid of anything he wants at any time. He doesn't have to hold on to anything. 
but what he what he realizes is that he he after time what he realizes is that he needed to make space to be able to deal with the things that were already there because if he just tried to deal with things while he was letting too much stuff in there was no space for that so as he started to 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 control the opening first and realize that he could get rid of things he realized uh that he was able to control everything that came into his world, everything that came into his box, and and sh- he could shut it off if he needed to, so he could deal with the stuff that was that was already in the box. All right, so so that's the metaphor, and the basic the the metaphor I think is so convoluted, and I apologize for the convoluted nature of the metaphor, but the the metaphor is convoluted because I I think it's important to not um, this can seem obvious what I'm what I'm about to say. But until you realize that there's a mechanism behind it and there's a system that you have to create and you have to like be rigorous about it, I think it can. I think the actual uh, outcome, like this thing in place for you, can be elusive. Now, I to to one extent or another, I feel like I have somewhat achieved this, at least in the sense that I have a mechanism, I have a system. I know that I can shut off the ceiling when I need to, and shutting off the ceiling practically for me looks like putting my phone down for a month. It also looks like not being involved in social media for two years, like not posting and not uploading to, to YouTube except once or twice and not doing podcast because I just shut off the ceiling, right? I'm not reading what other people are saying. I'm not writing responses to what other people are saying. I'm just dealing with my stuff, right? What's already inside the box? Let me deal with that. And let me get rid of some stuff to make space. And then over time, I get to the point where I am able to start opening up the ceiling to things that I know how to deal with. And then I can create a mechanism that says, if I don't know how to deal with it, I will accept it and I will try to deal with it. But I'm not going to take anything else while I'm trying to deal with that thing because I need space. I need space to deal with the new type of thing, right? So I guess what I would say for you listening uh, is the following. If you find yourself overwhelmed, uh, if you find yourself unable to deal with the stuff that's in your life, if you find yourself uh, feeling like there's too much to do and there's not enough time, um, I would submit that you can remember that you are completely in control of your box. You have ultimate control over what come what is what is allowed in. You have complete control over what you get rid of. And even though it might be difficult. Um, you are able to shut everything out for as long as you need to. And this one's that one's really a hard one. And I, the, the way that I learned that lesson was I had to cut off my family for like six months. And that was very difficult because I love my family and I have a big family. There's a lot of them. So it's not just a not just an emotional game. It's also a volume game. Um, and it was for personal reasons. And I'm totally over it now. And I'm, I'm in, on great terms with my whole family. But I had to force myself to shut it out for about six, actually, I think it was closer to eight months because that was that was something that I needed at the time. I, I couldn't handle those new inputs because of where I, what I was going through at the time. I couldn't handle those and what I was dealing with at the same time. So I needed to pick one. And I chose, you know what? My family will be fine. They're going to be out there swirling around as shapes in the cosmos forever. And all I need to worry about is what's right in front of me. And so I did. And I think when you learn, I think that may be the hardest, practically, the hardest thing to learn is that you can close off the ceiling and you can just go into, you can just be with yourself. Because uh, it can be scary 
not only because you don't know if people are going to be there when you get back, but also because we're not really trained to be alone with ourselves. But I think for me, it was such an incredibly powerful experience that it, it taught me that I can, I can go, I can be alone and I'm, I'm cool with myself, you know, and I'm going to spend the time alone dealing with the things that are already inside the box so that I can make space and organize myself and come up with mechanisms so that when I open up the ceiling again, I can deal with what's coming in, right? So I'm going to wrap up with this one final thought, which is just kind of tying up that asterisk thing that I said at the beginning, which is uh, I know that it seems like, and a lot of you that didn't really listen are going to think, oh, he's just saying bury your head in the sand until you're ready to deal with the things in front of you, even though you have what, what I will call in huge air quotes a moral obligation to be involved in all of the social issues. The truth is you don't. No matter what anybody else says, um, you are not morally obligated to be involved in anything ever. Now, the, the consequences of you not being involved, you can't avoid. And that's fine. That's, a, that's just a truth. There's nothing we can do about that. But you, as an individual, as a person, have no moral obligation to do anything ever. So don't, don't let anybody tell you that. Don't let anybody think that. And if you are one of those people who likes to tell people that they have a moral obligation to be involved in your social fight, probably stop that. <laughs> Because at the end of the day, I would much rather, if it's me, I would much rather have people involved in my social battles that are fully equipped to handle them, right? It's like you wouldn't go recruit, you know, sick people for your army. Why not just go get people that are trained, that can handle it? You know what I mean? So um, anyway, that's sort of raw at this point. And I, I'm, I'm thinking of turning it into, I'm actually thinking of turning it into a book. But I want to sort of feel it out a little bit more. But uh, if you have comments or thoughts or whatever, um, feel free to leave them as, as it, however you can. I don't even know how this is going to be distributed. So if you go on anchor.fm forward slash think like me, I think is what it is. You can leave a, an audio comment. If you have my phone number, you can send me a text. If you, know, if you follow me on any of the socials, it's just at Brett James. You can send me a comment um, and a thought. But I think, I think the, more, the more we as a, as a society and as a community think about ourselves as robust and think about maybe not being currently robust but about um, uh, searching for and what's the word I'm looking for as being engaged in robustifying ourselves <laughs> making ourselves more robust I think what ends up happening is that we are a stronger uh, we're stronger as individuals and therefore we're stronger together um, because we're, we're we're clear on who we are and what we can do, what we can handle, and what we can't. And we deal with the stuff we can handle, and we get rid of the stuff we can't. Because we can't. Right? Anyway, I hope that made sense. I hope uh, I hope you aren't just sleeping. I know that my voice can have that. Sue, what Sue told me, by the way, about when I was telling her this story, the reason why it crashed and burned was because she's like, every time you talk and you get philosophical, your voice goes into that, like, into that, like, that, that tone that's very like soothing and relaxing. <laughs> She's like, I end up falling asleep, not because I'm bored, but just because it's, that's the way your voice is. And I said, well, that's a, I guess I'll take that as a compliment, but that's not really what I meant. So anyway, uh, this is Think Like Me. My name is Brett Martin. I hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, stay tuned for more. I'm excited about the idea of just starting to post things audio style because I don't have to like do my makeup, as it were. Don't have to turn the cameras on or anything. I can just, just get my thoughts out. Um, so hopefully this uh, makes sense. Welcome to season, what is this, season four, I think? Anyway, 
Uh, like, subscribe if you want. If not, don't. Um, let me know if you have thoughts or don't if you don't. And as, as always, think like me or, you know, don't.